0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I'm going to kind of continue what I did yesterday a little bit, but I want to look a little bit more at the team news and then uh, finally, eventually get back to some Packers news. But uh, it's just been an absolute flurry. I'm like several days behind just as far as um, news, team news, uh, prospect news. I have to gather all that information up. But it's going to be an awesome resource moving forward. It's going to be great when we uh, end up drafting our 10 or so prospects to have that database for all that information um, moving forward with the Packers season and and everything else going on. But uh, it's going to be a rough couple days. But that's what I want to look at. probably, Like I said, I am behind, so there's probably a couple things that I uh, am skimming over or missing entirely. But I think I'm relatively on top of stuff. At least as far as news. Prospect stuff, I'm I'm a little bit more behind. But like I said, I've been trying to track other teams because they are a competition, especially the teams that uh, we're going to be playing this year. Because as I said, after free agency, um, I'm going to try to round up some of the information, run through those teams again. And then after the draft, I'm going to want to try to look at that one more time. I shouldn't say one more time because I'm going to be doing it again. (laughs) Probably a few more times. But uh, anyways, uh, it's, it's going to be good to have this information. Also, I, I did have somebody ask if I'm going to be updating NFLBigBoard.com. I really want to because I don't like that right now. It's just, it's not accurate. But it is a lot of work to update that thing, especially the more I add. The more it's like, ooh, it would be cool if I had this. It would be cool if I had this. That's another like 30 to 40 minute you know step that gets added on. So there's several layers as far as uh, updating that board. Um, it's a lot of manual entry. I, I wish I was smart enough to know how to just push a button and be like, "Boop, updated." But uh, me, not so smart. But I will get that updated. I just want to wait, and uh, th- those boards should be rolling in in the next, probably by next week. And I think the other thing I'm going to do. Usually my standard is if it's a month old, I'll keep it. I'm going to close down every single board on my on my uh, board right now. They're all going to be completely shut down, and I'm only going to turn it on if it's updated um, post-combine. So it it might take a little while. I'm going to need at least 10 boards to get uh, thrown up there post-combine before I'd even consider updating it. Um, Out of 50, I'm I'm probably going to want something closer to 20. But anyways, that's more my information than yours. Kind of just thinking out loud to you. Thanks for helping me work through that, folks. Ooh, the coffee's good. All right. Do Do some chair jumping jacks. Try to wake up a little bit. think they're called jacks. Not positive. I'm not sure what jacks are. I'm just thinking that's the part where the arms move. And then the leg part is the jumping part. I don't know that though. I think it's irrelevant enough that if I made that up nobody should care. How about that? (laughs) Doing some jacks. Alrighty. Two preliminaries quickly. First of all, if you wouldn't mind reviewing the podcast it would be greatly appreciated. I've been looking around trying to find places where you can review it. I couldn't even find a spot on the Google thing. But I know with uh itunes stitcher and also amazon i have one review on amazon so sweet deal but if you've got a half a second if you happen to be sitting at a computer type in packernet stitcher scroll down to the bottom and you can see write a review that's the easiest way i can think to do it i don't even know how to do it on itunes they don't let you do it there i don't know if you have to do it on the itunes app or what maybe if you have an iphone this is an easy process but for an android guy Everything Apple is like Fort Knox. I don't know what to do or how to do anything. So if you don't have iTunes or use iTunes, Packernet Stitcher, because Stitcher is where a lot of these um, podcast apps that you might use pull from Stitcher. So a rating and review on Stitcher would be awesome. Packernet Stitcher, scroll down, write a review. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. If you don't like it, feel free to call up and let me know. Depending on uh, your use of language, might even put your complaint on the air something to think about. Anyways, second preliminary, speaking of, if you'd like to call in for something positive, negative, have a question, whatever, 608-501-0718, 608-501-0718. I don't know. Just let me do what I want to do. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. First of all, we'll start with the Denver Broncos. Uh, The Packers will be facing the Denver Broncos uh, at home. And it's one of the many teams we've got to keep an eye on because they've got an entirely new regime over there. So it's going to be pretty interesting. On, on one hand, I look at it and go, Vic Fangio is going to be an absolute failure as a head coach because that's usually what happens when very, very, very good defensive coordinators become head coaches. Not always. We've got some pretty good head coaches that are defensive coordinators in the NFL, but it's been a little bit of a while. And I don't want to just look at the Bears defense and say, oh man, this is going to be a great team. Might be a pretty good defense, but it was kind of already a good defense, and I have no reason to believe their offense is going to be very good. But anyways, let's see what's going on with them. First of all, I mentioned Emmanuel Sanders as a potential uh, guy to target because there were some rumblings that they were going to move on. According to Vic Fangio, not that this necessarily matters, but he says he's going to be a big part of their, their team moving forward. So at the very least, Vic Fangio wants to keep him. He's not the ultimate decision maker. Sometimes things change. But we may need to take him off the board. And not only that, as far as somebody to, to maybe pick up, which was beyond a long shot to begin with, but we have to worry about him, you know, attacking us. Uh, the same is true with uh, Matt Paradise, the center. Very, very good football player. Um, some questions as far as whether they're going to re-sign him, letting him test the open market. Fangio, again, we really, really want him back. And, and obviously, this is, I mean this is what most teams should be doing. You see a lot of teams out there that are like, oh, who cares, we're going to let them go. Or, you know, it's just it's not working out, or we just don't want to pay them. Or in some cases, we would like to keep them, but we don't have the money. As I've said before, that means you did something wrong. The goal is and always should be draft and develop. You draft them, they're really good. You develop them, they're even better. And then you've done a good enough job with your finances that you have the money to pay for these guys. Now, granted, there's a point at which things can get out of control. I mean, if you draft perfectly, meaning you draft, let's just say, seven guys, all seven are pro bowlers, you do that for three years, at some point everybody's going to run out of money. That's entirely true, but that's not usually the case with a lot of these teams. We don't have the money because we have, you know, I don't know, $13 million, 15, 17 $20 million in dead cap, and we've been pushing out contracts because, you know, we got these geniuses over here telling me cash over cap and the cap isn't real and we can fudge the numbers and then you know comes time to re-sign some big money guys and it's like oh it turns out we don't have any money oh but anyways they want paradise back as well um some things to keep an eye on for those of you who are doing your mock drafts and stuff vic fangio has said that tackling is non-negotiable for his defense now that matters in terms of guys that could potentially be let go as far as he doesn't fit our mentality here on the Denver Broncos, but it also matters in terms of people that they may draft. Greedy Williams is somebody that certain people have pegged to the Denver Broncos, especially with his great time. A lot more people are saying he's top 10. A lot of people are probably going to say, you know, they're letting Bradley Roby test free agency, and, you know, we'll, that's maybe not the case anymore. We'll get there. But I don't know, man. Maybe they'll get greedy. Greedy Williams is not known whatsoever for his tackling. It's not impossible, but he wants tough, physical, violent, good tacklers, and that's not Greedy Williams. So stick that one in the back of your, uh, your brains there. Furthermore, Fangio said they need help at all levels. So let's just say it's a little more likely that he's going to take a Devin White than it is that he's going to take a Greedy Williams, even if you think Greedy Williams is a slightly better player. Um, if he's drafting someone out of LSU, I'm going to go with White. Uh, Taking a look at the 49ers, which is a team that we're going to be facing um, away, should be a pretty interesting game. I mean, you know, it could go either way. There's going to be, there's going to want to be, from the media perspective, a narrative between, you know, Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur. Probably mostly from Packers media, but, you know, other national people might make that connection. Very similar styles of of teams. They both came from the same tree. LaFleur was under... Kyle Shanahan when he was the offensive coordinator etc etc as far as uh, their team is concerned first of all they did tag Robbie Gold which seems silly to tag a kicker but that dude would have been gone and I would have been willing to bet the Bears would have picked him up which I'm very very glad that they did tag him because now the Bears are stuck in this horrible situation 49ers aren't going to let him go they've realized how horrible it is when you let a guy like Robbie Gold go which uh, I believe Ryan Pace was the GM still at that time he let him walk because he's a, a dum dumb uh, They are going to be picking up the fifth-year option on Eric Armstead. They've got that defensive line that has a ton of potential. Um, you could say it's a complete miss as far as, you know, they've invested a lot of early first-round picks on their defensive line, and it's nowhere near as good as it should be. However, a guy like Nick Bosa can completely round that thing out to where, um, and I always mix up who's who, so I don't care, One of the guys on the outside doesn't belong on the outside. He belongs on the inside. So once they get Bosa, they put him on the outside, pair him with the other guy on the outside, kick the other guy on the outside inside, and now you've got four guys that are pretty good, that are early, four early first-round guys on that defensive line. Now, the only way that happens is if Arizona doesn't take Bosa, which they might, and I kind of hope they do. Because if they do, I don't know what the 49ers are going to do. I really don't. I, I, I don't think there's any way they take Quinn in. I shouldn't say there's no way. It's possible. But I would very much see... And this is kind of tricky as far as what I want. I suppose the most important thing is that the Packers get a good draft pick. So I want the the Cardinals, I guess, to either trade and... who I, I want the number one spot to be a quarterback just so that better talent probably falls to us. Although that's not a guarantee because it's just a matter of how many quarterbacks go inside of 11. So if Kyler Murray goes number one or if Kyler Murray goes number four, but either way there's two quarterbacks, it doesn't make a difference. But point is, let's assume it's going to be the same number of quarterbacks either way. I would like the Arizona Cardinals to take Nick Bosa because I don't care about the Cardinals and I don't want the 49ers to have that kind of a defensive line, especially since they have a much easier and cleaner path to the playoffs, to beating the Packers in the playoffs, to beating the Packers into the Super Bowl than do the Arizona Cardinals. So if I want one to have a successful Nick Bosa, it would be them. And then again, the 49ers who aren't going to take Quinn in probably aren't going to get one of the top two elite players. They got to either trade out of the spot or, uh, you know, just invest the second overall pick in sort of a second tier player. That's up to your interpretation, I guess. You know, if you think Brian Burns or Josh Allen are going to be up to that same par and can play hand in the dirt 4-3 defensive end, to the same level as Nick Bosa, good on you. But I don't know. That's just sort of my thought. And it, it does create a lot of problems for the 49ers if Bosa goes number one. So for the sake of not wanting good things to happen for the 49ers, I'm kind of hoping Bosa goes number one. Looking at some Chicago Bears news. First of all, Ryan Pace is uh, a joke. I mean, no, that's not it. Um, Ryan Pace believes, because remember what I mentioned before, they don't have any draft picks. They don't have any cap space, and he's talking about going and getting guys like John Ross and just crazy dumb stuff, right? They're already overspending on subpar talent, or I guess par talent. They're way overpaying for their wide receivers, and he wants to go invest in a broke-down wide receiver for way too much money. That uh, Just whatever. But the comment he made is he believes, because Chicago is now a destination, because they were good that one time, even though now they got rid of their defensive coordinator and, and they don't have a good cor- quarterback, and Chicago is frigid cold and all that kind of stuff either way he thinks that free agents are going to want to flock to this beautiful crime-ridden dump of a city Chicago in sub-zero temperatures because we were good that one time therefore we can get cheap um free agents and um he's just not very smart now, maybe it was a throwaway line because somebody called him out and he was just like, well, you know, teams are going to want whatever. No, Dude, nobody wants to play for your dumb team. Nobody cares about the Bears. You know how many teams are good? I would go to the Colts, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Rams, and, and keep in mind, warm weather type teams, at the very least, dome teams. I mean, if you're just looking for successful and you don't mind the cold, just go to the Patriots. And, and again, we're just talking about, are you willing to give a discount? A lot of these guys don't care where they go. I've got one more opportunity to make some money. I want the biggest contract possible. Like the John Rosses maybe want good opportunities because he's super young. I want someone to tell me they're going to utilize me properly. And then I'll just, you know, sign a short-term deal reestablish my value and then go back for the contract but a lot of these big name guys that he's talking oh yeah I'm a we're a we're a destination location now so we'll we'll get all kinds of discounts people just want to come here oh I just want to just just ugh. the arrogance in that statement is just ridiculous you're not that good man you were pretty good in a garbage division when the Vikings melted down the Packers melted down the lions are continually garbage. You strolled into the playoffs, and you just got kicked right in the teeth. Done. Finito. Gone. Garbage. And who's coming there? You got offensive guys that want Trubisky to be their quarterback? No. You got defensive guys that want to come play for Fangio? Oh, wait, he's gone. Sorry, but that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. That's ridiculous. That's a nonsense statement. We're a destination, okay? It takes a little bit more than one time you went into the playoffs and got eliminated right away. To get people to start offering you discounts, like, oh, I'll come play for you for cheap. I just want to win a ring, man, so I got to go to Chicago. Not a single human being on the planet is thinking that, but once again, Ryan Pace just thinking outside the box a little bit there. Uh, I mentioned they were interested in John Ross. I don't know if that's still a thing or not. That was a while ago. That was back on uh, February 27th, so it's been a while. Uh, A lot of general comments about liking the development, right? We're excited about Mitch Trubisky and the evolution he took in in year two, which should tell you pretty much everything you need to know. It was a throwaway line because he didn't get better in year two. He was kind of as bad or technically a little bit worse, I think, according to his PFF grade. So all these comments about guys getting better, and we love how much they got better. Anthony Miller looked really good. Okay, whatever. It's just kind of blech. The real interesting tidbit here, you look at the running backs. The fact of the matter is... What the Chiefs, which is where Nagy came from, that Kansas City Chiefs tree, and you look at the kind of running backs that they're looking for. He's looking for versatile guys. He wants those kinds of players, similar to what you see with the Chiefs, the the guys that are that are as good as running backs as they are as receivers, right? They they don't want to specialize. He wants versatile players that can do. And again, when when I talk about, and that that's the word. See, that's what I couldn't think of back in the time that I couldn't, a long time ago. Versatile, as opposed to a tweener. A tweener is somebody that's can kind of do both things, but neither of them really well. Maybe like an Amir Abdullah. Amir Abdullah is kind of a tweener. Probably better of, as if you just use him as a third-down receiving back, but he's not super elite at that either. Whereas you look at a Alvin Kamara, is versatile. If you want to use him as a running back, he's a good running back. If you want to use him as a receiver, he's a good receiver. He can do both. Matt Nagy flat out said the workhorse back will not be part of the identity of this team. So the fact of the matter is they have two running backs that don't fit what he wants. They have Jordan Howard, who's just a running back, and you have Tariq Cohen, who's just a receiver, and Matt Nagy doesn't want that. There's already rumors that he's shopping Jordan Howard. He wants to trade him. So he's still trying to build this team in his identity. So so all they're trying to add these pieces that kind of fit his identity. No idea if Trubisky is his kind of quarterback. Obviously, he's not going to say otherwise because he's tethered to him right now. We'll see what happens. Uh Ryan Pace did say that they're open to maybe taking a developmental quarterback later in the draft. But again, that's that's sort of a I don't really want to touch on that kind of thing. In other words, yeah, we're willing to take a quarterback, but I, I you know, just way late in the draft. No, no, no we got our guy. It's fine. Everything's fine. But Jordan Howard is on the block, and and Tariq Cohen probably is not super Nagy's favorite either. And, And, you know, you look at a guy like Kareem Hunt, would he fit? Of course he would. Not only was he a chief, but he's exactly what, you know, Nagy wants those kinds of guys. He admitted, we did have discussions about signing him. Obviously they didn't, whether that was personality related or maybe they tried to put down some money and he went elsewhere, I don't know. But again, just more information. The bears want a different style of running back. Now that could also be something to watch for in the draft. If you're doing mock drafts, I don't know you know why you I'm going to be doing it just because that's sort of what I do. But if you're interested in what the bears are going to do starting in round three, watch for running backs. Um, to kind of further put a nail in the running back thing, Ryan Pace said, That he interviewed, and this was early in the process, he interviewed four to five running backs in one night, I think it was day one of the combine, he said he interviewed, because it was at the the interviews, right? And that was right out of the gate. Four to five running backs last night, one day of the combine. So moving forward, I don't know what they have in a run game. Maybe they're going to have a stud, but there's only really one stud in this draft. He's going to be gone probably before the second day starts. So they're going to get somebody, but there's no way of knowing if he's even going to be Jordan Howard capable. Again, he's looking for somebody that's versatile, but not a tweener. Good luck, especially in this draft class. Again, you got the 5'11", 220 bangers, and there's no indication in my mind that these receiving backs are going to be any good. at So I I don't know. I think they're in a tough spot. Pace just destroyed their ability to get anybody. Uh, A little bit of Browns news, which is somewhat irrelevant because we're not playing them, but an interesting tidbit here... um, there's a rumor going around that three teams at least have reached out to the Browns about Duke Johnson now I don't know exact I'm guessing the Packers aren't in this mix but I like Duke Johnson Johnson I think he is very similar to Amir Abdullah but a little bit better I had mentioned that I wouldn't mind the idea of having that sort of a back he's more of a receiving back than anything else but he's a very very good receiving back I don't think that Gudikunz likes that kind of stuff. I think he's looking for more, you know. Again, the the five eleven two twenties. What are they? They're running backs. I've never seen the Packers put an emphasis to this day on getting guys that are just good pass catchers. Maybe pass blockers, but not pass catchers, right? McCarthy. I don't. I don't even know if they tried, right? Matt Nagy tried to get Jordan Howard to be a good pass catcher. Right? He tried to convert him. That was the biggest thing, and I talked about that several times. In the offseason, as soon as he showed up, he said, you're going to be on the Jugs machine every day, all day. We're going to see if I can turn you into a, a guy that can be a good running back as well as a good pass catcher. He couldn't do it. Wasn't in his wheelhouse, so that's why they're shopping him. So it's interesting because I would be happy to get Duke Johnson, although, you know, when we talk about limited cap space and how much he's going to want and where would you rather do different things with the money, probably would rather do it elsewhere. But something to keep an eye on. People are reaching out about Duke Johnson. And I don't know how receptive the Browns are, but uh, just keep that in the back of your old, uh, keep keep it in the back of the cap. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, again, some free agent news. A lot of talk about Deshaun Jackson wanting to leave, but Buccaneers did get a new head coach, and they're trying real hard to recruit Deshaun, Baxon, Deshaun Jackson back to the team. I don't know how successful they're going to be, but again, I know a lot of Packer fans are, are thinking as soon as... If Deshaun Jackson hits the free agent market, he would be a great target. I don't disagree. Again, as always, it comes down to how much they're willing to pay. Um, and then beyond that, it it just becomes, you know, I, I, I don't know. But at this point, it's sort of looking like a long shot. Not only, not only would it be a long shot that he would even come here, because even though he, I think he's kind of calmed down on his older age, he's, he's, he's kind of a wild child back in the day. So I don't know about the character aspect of it. Uh, looking at the Cardinals, again, we don't play the Cardinals, shouldn't have to care too much, but there was a question raised, uh, the first person I saw uh, raise the question was uh, Andy Herman on Twitter, and the question was essentially this, the the rumor going around right now is that the compensation owed to the Cardinals for uh, Rosen, if they do decide to trade him, which still is just mind-numbingly dumb in my mind, why they would do that, because it's just, I don't know, whatever, we're not going to get into that, but If that is the case, would it make sense or would you be interested in the Packers giving up a third round for Rosen? Now, we don't need a quarterback, but I I have a really, really hard time saying no to that. And, and, And here's the problem. I have a hard time saying no to that because it just seems like way too low. I don't know why he would only fetch a third round. I know he had a bad year. But please remember, Rosen, last year, was in a much better draft class than this year. I don't know what happened when all of a sudden the narrative shifted. I tend to think a lot of it is just hype because it's draft season. I haven't watched a lot of Kyler Murray, but I've watched a little bit, and I was not even close to impressed. I mean, if we're, we're talking about number one overall, better than the quarterbacks we saw last year. I think that's nonsense. Maybe I need to go, if, if you know like one really good, maybe I just watched one game and it was a terrible game. He just reminded me of Lamar Jackson. The guy was just, he, he didn't, he wasn't a good thrower, and he's always looking to run. And it's just as soon as I saw that, I said, he's going to be a garbage quarterback in the NFL. So maybe it was just that particular game, I don't know. But if that's what he is, and people are just enamored because he's super fast and has a good arm, he's going to be trash. But anyways, Rosen was in a better draft class, much deeper. Darnold, uh, Rosen, Mayfield, Allen, even though Allen I don't think was ever really that good, but, you know, attributes and whatnot, Rosen was, in my mind, the second-best quarterback in that group. I think Baker was number one and Rosen was number two. What up, dance party? We haven't had one of those in a while. What's going on? Keeping it real on the Packernet podcast. Do do the kids say keeping it real? I feel like that's something that hasn't been said by a child in uh, probably a decade or two. But I keep keeping it real. Real, real. What was I saying now? Oh, yeah, Rosen. The question was, and let's say we packaged a third-round pick, as well as Deshaun Kaiser for Rosen. I mean, I just, in my mind, Rosen is a very good quarterback, very good pocket passer. He went to a garbage team. With a garbage head coach who is a defensive coordinator who didn't even know how to get David Johnson to be an average running back, couldn't figure that out. We're talking about maybe the best and most talented running back in the NFL. Couldn't figure out how to make him even average. He had a talented tight end. Couldn't figure out how to use him. He's got uh, two wide receivers. You got one of the, the the biggest legends ever. Playing in the slot, and you have a first, I think what was it? I think it was a first round pick, maybe second. I don't know. Christian Kirk, really electric type of wide receiver. No idea how to use him. So Rosen went there. They had a terrible offensive line. He was constantly under pressure. You've got a terrible offensive coordinator, head coach, whatever. Everything is a mess, and he he didn't play all that well. But the tools are incredible. And I think if you give him a little more structure and he goes to a place, oh, I don't know, like Green Bay, that knows very much how to run an offense, who has an offensive line who knows very much how to run a – a or how to protect a quarterback, how to work with quarterbacks, guys that have been there for a long time. A system – and granted, we've got a new system now, but, I mean, the Shanahan offense has been in place for a very long time. The, the, the things that the guys that are here, Devontae Adams and these guys who have learned from Mike McCarthy – These guys have learned from the best. As much as we pick on Mike McCarthy, that man knew how to work an offense. He knew how to structure it, at least insofar as discipline, which, okay, granted, it was lacking, but just compare it to some of the other teams. Mike McCarthy deserves a lot of credit. Things were getting a little lax and a little lazy and a little, you know, whatever. Play calling was suspect. Effort by the players, as well as the coaches and head coach, was suspect. But these players are, are veterans. They're coached up. They understand what a good offense is. And then you take Rosen and you protect him behind, oh, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, trained with Rosen. When Rosen was going through this process and he was working out in California, who was working out with him? It was Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, Rosen, good and bad, has been compared to Aaron Rodgers. His play style, the fact that he's a Cali kid, he's got this arrogance about him. He's got the same kind of Aaron Rodgers swagger, which is confidence bordering on arrogance. Now, that's not a good thing. Because apparently he's not super liked in the locker room because he's got that I'm good and I know I'm good attitude to him, which isn't great. But I'm just, I'm just, I don't even care if he doesn't play a snap. This guy, I I don't know how the Packers can't take a third round and flip it into a second round or better for Rosen. All you have to do is show the NFL, no, 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 no. The Cardinals are just dumb. This dude is a freak. He's easily a first round. he, He went early first round, like 12 or something that was well-earned. He, he probably should have gone earlier. Because he is a starting-caliber quarterback today. If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and he comes out and just tears it up... I mean, think about that. We, we could have a starting-caliber quarterback. Now, the only real negative thing about that is if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and he comes in and wins two games and Aaron Rodgers comes back, you know, you're, you're going to have that Packers contingent, the guys that have been screaming, we need to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, saying we should just move on from Rodgers and we've got our guy and it's going to get ugly. But I, I just... I guess from my perspective, I think third round is just ridiculous. If I'm a quarterback needy team like the Redskins, or if I am the Giants, I would consider giving up a first, with some hesitation, but I mean, not much. And if they say a second is a slam dunk, in other words, a third is the going rate, right, a second is going to be kind of like a buy it now option. I'd, I'd you know, day one of, of uh. You know, whenever that opens up, I'm just going to say, Here, here's my second. Goodbye. Thank you. Give me my quarterback now. But yes, to answer the question, I and it's tough because we do have other needs, and this is sort of a win-now thing, and that's sort of a, a what? A a security blanket slash I, I, I don't think he's ever going to be, maybe. More than likely, he's going to be a security blanket and then a trade chip. But, I mean, it's, it's a third-round draft pick for a guy that is a first-round value and a quarterback at that. If it was a running back in the first round, maybe he wouldn't hold his value all that well, but dude, this is a quarterback, and all we have to do is give up a third, let him play, show the world that you the Cardinals are dumb, this dude is awesome, and we can flip him. Easy. Easily. So anyways, I just wanted to bring that up because it was out there. I I, I don't like giving up a third for a guy that's going to sit on the bench, necessarily, but As he pointed out, and as I said yesterday or two days ago, I went through the exact same thing. I looked at third-round draft picks for the exact same reason for a different player. Not a good track record at all. That doesn't mean we should throw away third-round picks because, I mean, we'd be throwing away a lot of fourths and fifths and sixths and sevenths as well. But anyways, those are my thoughts on that. I, I would be very open to it. But again, the only reason I'm open to it as a team that doesn't even need him is because the value is just dumb. So, I, again, I just have a hard time believing it's a third because you're going to have, if the Packers are interested, you're going to have almost every team in the NFL interested because even teams that are just looking for backups are going to be interested for a third round, which leads me to believe the value has to come up. It's got to at least come up to a second. I just, I don't get it, man. He's on a rookie contract. He's, he's young. He's talented. He's a first-round guy. I just, what... I don't know. I I just, I refuse to believe it. And until I have a GM explain to me why you wouldn't give up a second round pick for him, a GM, you know, like the Giants or Redskins GM explain that to me, I'll never understand it ever. Uh, Chargers, who is a team we will be playing, not a lot of news there, but I did get a uh, little, little little, tidbit for those draft folks out there. The Chargers are looking to target linebacker early. So the Chargers are picking at 28, so you can assume if Devin Bush is there, possibly Mack Wilson, these are the kinds of guys that maybe they'd be targeting, depending on value. Otherwise, the thought is best player available. So again, for you draft folks out there, keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, Looking at the Chiefs, I had mentioned that they're planning to trade Justin Houston. Uh, That kind of escalated yesterday on Twitter. Unfortunately, they're trying to trade Justin Houston, became they are going to trade Justin Houston, which became whoever said that is a liar. There's no official plan, but they are trying to trade Justin Houston. So there was kind of like a a flurry there, which kind of ended in, you know, kind of maybe just somebody realized something that everybody already knew. I don't know. But it also could be that whoever it was that blew up that report kind of heard something like it's getting close i don't know maybe there is a deal I, you know, ian rapaport kind of just came out and said, you know i'm assuming verify that there's no official deal unless people are just keeping it tight-lipped i don't know but um i do still expect justin houston to be on the trade block and i do still think depending on compensation the packers are making co- there's no question in my mind they've made a phone call that's 100 percent the question is, what is the compensation? How interested are the Packers moving forward? Because again, the the it's just such an easy, seamless fit. The need is there. the The ability that is there. The the draft picks are there. The compensation financially to pay Justin Houston is there. The scheme fit is there. The tie to the outside linebacker coach, Justin Houston's linebacker coach last year, is our outside linebacker coach. So I'm 100,000% positive the Packers have reached out. Again, it's just a matter of what is the expected compensation? Will the Packers be willing to compete? Are they looking elsewhere? But otherwise, no real news there. No new news. Um, The Cowboys, uh, as far as Cole Beasley, I know I've pretty much already taken him off, but there might be some Packer fans still interested in him. Um, Apparently on top of wanting at least $10 million a year on average, which is too much, He had also made the comment that he wants $20 million in guarantees. So if it's, let's just say, a $10 million a year, two-year deal, it's got to be fully guaranteed. If it's a four-year deal, then 50% of it's got to be guaranteed at a minimum. But the bottom line is guarantees are what players care about more than anything, and and throughout the course of his his playing career, he wants at least $20 million guaranteed in his pocket, you know, minus the massive amount of taxes he's going to be paying on that. But uh, beyond that not being super possible, uh, the Jason, or the Jason Garrett, the Jason Garrett said they really want Cole Beasley back. That could just be coach speak, I don't know, but it doesn't sound like they're just going to let him walk out the door super easily, um, which which kind of makes sense because it is a void. Uh, Gallup, who they drafted, is going to be their Z receiver. Amari Cooper is obviously their X receiver, which means they need a slot guy to kind of round this whole thing out, and Cole Beasley fits in there quite nicely. They'd like that to not be interrupted if possible, but I can't imagine they are going to offer anywhere near $10 million a year for him, so I don't know, we'll see. Um, I Something I had mentioned got confirmed once again, and I, it's one of those things that I say that I almost don't want to say because it sounds kind of cold and not cool, but um, I had made the comment that you need to expect the Dallas Cowboys to be all in to the point of potential ruin because the fact of the matter is Jerry Jones isn't going to be around forever. He's getting up there in age. He wants to win a Super Bowl. I, I, I will, one of these days, start transcribing my podcast. It's going to be very expensive, which is why I'm not doing it. I've looked at options, and it's just ridiculous. But I wish I could pull up that quote, because it's times like this where I wish I could just brag, but you're just going to have to take my word for it. Here is a quote from Mr. Jerry Jones now. This is my 30th NFL scouting combine. I don't have 30 more. There is absolutely nothing short of the health and goodwill of the people i care about there's nothing that means more to me than if i could get a super bowl nothing think about that this is a guy who has who's a billionaire who bought this team to be his team and he wants super bowls and keep in mind there's the health of his team or the the health the health of the people he cares about health and goodwill right that kind of stuff which let's be honest there's probably a couple people he cares about more than a super bowl and then the rest is just he kind of lumps them in there as a group. Then there's a Super Bowl. What 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 would be maybe next on the list? How far down on the list do you have to get before you get to passing along a good franchise after my passing? Making sure I haven't completely destroyed this team's ability to compete in the next 10 years. I'm sure it's on the list, but it's below winning a Super Bowl. So when you see him going all in on Amari Cooper... When you see them doing these these kind of big moves, and and you know they're targeting Earl Thomas, and they will do absolutely anything and everything, I, I'd be willing to bet they will get Earl Thomas. Jerry Jones, who gets what he wants, wants Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas wants to be back in Texas. There's almost no situation I could see in which they're not going to offer him what he wants. Because this man will do anything and everything he can to make sure the the Dallas Cowboys, who are arguably kind of in the running they're close enough to where you could maybe push in again arguably but it is what it is he's not willing to sit and rebuild he's just going to keep throwing money at this problem until he gets himself another Super Bowl championship and I think Earl Thomas is going to be that next piece but either way you got to watch out for the Cowboys in the the recent future because as as much as you might laugh and say you're going to ruin this team and it's going to be awesome because you're going to have another drought for 10 20 years whatever the fact of the matter is in the recent times, like now, they're they're just gonna have studs and they're gonna be a tough team to play, I think, in the next coming years. Depending on I mean maybe it just goes to ruin quickly. I don't know. I don't know how bad this is gonna get as far as, you know, the quarterback maybe isn't as good as they had hoped. Are they gonna be able to pay him when his contract comes? Ezekiel Elliott, can they pay him? Which by the way, has to happen like now. They have until May second to exercise a fifth year option on uh, Ezekiel Elliott. And with that comes a need to extend him, assuming they want to keep him, which I'm assuming they do one of the better parts of this entire team. Let's also not overlook the fact that they've been drafting pretty well over the last couple of years. So again, watch out for the Dallas Cowboys when it comes time to play them. Oh, and they franchise-tagged DeMarcus Lawrence. Now, the guy's still got to f- sign the tag. He said he's not going to do it. Uh, we'll see what that means exactly. I, I don't see Jerry Jones buckling. Maybe he will, I don't know. But when they sign the tag, and I, I don't know what kind of a tag it was, and that impacts what the outcome here is. But um, Lawrence is looking for a contract. He doesn't want to play under a tag. The Cowboys absolutely would never release him. So it's either going to be they agree on a contract, which it seems they've already decided we can't come to. I mean, that's what they've been working on, and then it's just not going to work. They're not going to pay DeMarcus Lawrence what he wants, which is a long-term deal with a lot of guarantees. So they assigned a tag to him. The uh, extension is out. They can either try to trade him, which is what DeMarcus Lawrence would want at this point, trade him to a team that's willing to offer up a extension, or DeMarcus Lawrence is going to sign, or there's just a stalemate, and DeMarcus Lawrence sits the season out, and he does the whole Le'Veon Bell thing. Again, this is kind of a new development in the NFL. This is a new thing. We'll see how far he's willing to take this. We'll see how strongly he said it. I mean, remember uh, Aaron Donald was, was planning to do it, and then they reached an extension. Earl Thomas tried to hold out, and then eventually decided he would just sign. Different people, different contracts, different strategies. We'll see what happens, but uh, this could be a pretty heated standoff. No word as of yet by Demarcus Lawrence. Um, A couple other tidbits here. The the Miami Dolphins are also in purge mode. Uh, They're looking to trade Ryan Tannehill, which I can't imagine they're going to get anything for that. It's kind of funny listening to people talk about uh, the trade for Tannehill. Essentially, the conversations, quote-unquote, that are going on with with, uh, Tannehill trade is literally nothing more than the quarterback's calling and letting everybody know that he's available. There's no, it's all one-way traffic, which is hilarious. Uh, there's two other guys, though, that they're looking at getting rid of. Uh, one is Cameron Wake. I don't think he would fit our scheme, but dude can still play. I don't know if he's, what, 37, 38 years old? He has not lost a single step. If they decide to move on, the the uh, whether it's the Patriots or the Lions or any 4-3 team out there that's looking for a guy If you're not looking at Cameron Wake, you're ridiculous. Uh, Another guy, though, that they're undecided on whether or not they're going to bring back as of yesterday is Frank Gore. Now, I don't know what he's going to want in free agency, but he's somebody to keep in mind. Uh, He did actually have a very, very good year in Miami last year, but we don't want to have super recency bias. Uh, Over the years in India, I mean, so, okay, 2018 was real good, 2017 was okay, but there was like a three-year drought. And over the course of his career, he hasn't been a very good running back. Let's just get that completely straight. The guy was kind of a bad running back for San Francisco from 2006 through 2011. In 2012, he had a pretty good year. In 2013, it was okay, and then he went into another drought. Then 2017, at the end of his Indy career, he was okay again. Then he goes to Miami, and he had the best year of his career. So the odds of him replicating that, and again, when we talk about his play being pretty solid, there's caveats. Number one, he had some really, really, really good games mixed with a plurality, a a majority of just kind of average to subpar games. So we can keep Frank Gore on the list as depth if we're interested. And if it's super cheap, which it probably will be, Miami got him for $1.1 million. It was a million dollars and then like a $90,000 bonus. So if we're interested in some veteran depth to help round out our running back group, I don't think Frank Gore is the worst option. I don't expect much from him, but for a guy that's essentially going to be like a number two, number three, just to kind of round out, just to kind of give us whatever, you know, again, if we were looking for somebody that can be a receiver, Frank Gore is never going to be that. But if we're just looking for somebody to come in that's going to be okay and kind of fill up some depth for a million bucks, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Why not? Uh, Moving on for some more trade news, the Philadelphia Eagles. There is some rumor out there that they're willing to trade Nelson Aguilar. Now, that would be a little bit surprising because if they move on from Golden Tate and they move on from Nelson Aguilar, that kind of puts them in a tough spot. But essentially, the, the way that this works out is the Eagles absolutely want to keep Nelson Aguilar, but $9.4 million is a little bit steep for them. So they're trying to decide, do we want to pay him? Can we maybe work out a, some kind of either extension or whatever to bring this number down? Otherwise, they're leaving that option open. Would I be interested in Nelson Aguilar? Probably not so much because he's not really that good. Now, you know, we'll have to see. Um, Philly isn't a bad team. You would think they'd be able to find a way to get this guy to work out, but there's got to be some intrigue in a 25-year-old guy who is a first-round pick who runs a four-four-two. you know, speedy slot guy. But again, I, I'm not going to add in the Aaron Rodgers premium because I don't think there's a lot of evidence that that's a super big thing. Especially coming out of Philly, where they've got some pretty dynamic offenses and a good head coach and that whole thing. But it's something to keep an eye on and something for those of you trying to, you know, look into stuff. Check that out. See what you think. Um, Moving on now, skipping a little bit. The Jacksonville Jaguars, if you didn't know, are currently the odds-on favorite, and the expectation is as soon as it becomes available and the, uh, you know, trades and free agency market opens up, the expectation is essentially day one. Foles is going to sign on the dotted line for the Jaguars. In other words, it's, I, mean, it's, I don't know if it is or can be a done deal, but it, it's, it went from they're the odds-on favorite to it's, it's pretty much a lock. Now, that never actually is a lock, and I'm sure there's other teams still trying to fight to get in there, but uh, I would expect that. So for the implications for the Packers, that's a quarterback-needy team at 7 that isn't going to need a quarterback anymore. So if Arizona doesn't take a quarterback we might not see a quarterback taken until six. Obviously, some teams could trade back, but uh, teams that are even close to 12, in other words, could trade up and get a quarterback. You got the Giants at six, you've got Denver at 10, you got Miami at 13, and you've got Washington at 15. So it's possible, but you also have to have willing, you you know, again, you can't just say a team's going to trade up. With who? Again, this isn't the supermarket. You can't just go up, call up a team and say, just so you know, I'm buying your spot, burn, click, right? That, that doesn't work. If a team wants to pick a player, they're going to sit there and pick a player. So before 12, we've got the Giants who have said over the course of this time now that they're comfortable with Eli, not in a super convincing fashion, but we'll see what happens. And uh, I I think the word is that they're not super interested in Kyler Murray. No, they've said to the contrary, you know, when you listen to the head coach talk about the kind of quarterback that he wants, uh, Kyler Murray seems to fit. When asked directly, would you take him off your board because of his height and weight and all that stuff, he said flat out no. But if you're looking at the Giants and you say they don't want Kyler Murray, maybe. The question then is, okay, well, Daniel Jones, Haskins, Locke, are you interested in any of those guys? Then we skip Jacksonville because they've already got a quarterback. Then you look at Denver. Now, the word is they really like Drew Locke, but is he ever going to just pull the trigger and and get his quarterback, or what's going on? Because you've got a legendary quarterback who can't seem to find a quarterback, and he's getting killed for it. So unless he's 100% confident, how likely is it he's going to pull the trigger on a quarterback? So I guess what I'm saying is it's entirely possible that anywhere from, you know, Zero to four quarterbacks go before the Green Bay Packers pick. I know the extremes seem unlikely, but there's a lot of time left. You would assume at least Kyler Murray is gone. And again, with the comps that Drew Locke is getting, with the certain attributes of Daniel Jones, it really just is it's it's just kind of a matter of, you know, a perfect storm. You you need to have the right teams all wanting different guys right one team really likes Haskins one team really likes Locke one team really and then you got guys trading up to get them if I had to guess I would say one or two but and 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 again there's other free agent quarterback you know one of these teams maybe the Giants are going to go out and get preset then what then we're waiting to see what the Broncos do at 10 again unless Miami or Washington moves up but there's also the Rosen sweepstakes then so I don't I don't know I'm just saying keep that in the back of your mind that one of the quarterback needy teams is likely getting foals this offseason and then there's others to consider uh the jets as expected are open to trading the number three pick something to keep in mind for the Packers, depending on how we've talked about aggressiveness super aggressive especially for edge rushers well at pick three we know for a fact that either Brian Burns, Josh Allen, or Bosa are gonna be available. They have to be. Even if, you know, Allen goes number one or Bosa goes number one and Allen goes number two, do we wanna trade up and get Burns? I would guess not. But who knows? Maybe. I mean we've already said that a, a our first two picks get us to maybe number four. So we'd have to I don't know what we'd have to offer up to get up one more spot. Hopefully not a second. I don't know, but if it's you know if it's our top two picks and a third, would they do that? If 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 Josh Allen is available, if Bosa is available, would they do that? And again, what what happens if Bosa goes number one? We don't know what the 49ers are going to do at that spot. It could be Quinnen at three. So I you know keep that in the back of your mind as well. I mean it's 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 almost more likely the Jets trade back than they pick somebody, just because the Jets desperately need offense and there's no good value at three for offense, including DK Metcalf. So I I would keep that option open. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams that want to move up for quarterback, but, you know, what if if Kyler Murray does go number one? Is there any team in the NFL that likes another quarterback enough to trade all the way up to three to get him? Do you like Haskins that much, especially if you view Haskins and Locke and some of these other guys as similarly talented quarterbacks? Why? Somebody's going to fall to you. Somebody's going to, you know, the the Broncos are going to trade all the way up to three to get Locke or, or whatever okay, well, nobody's going to touch any of the other quarterbacks for quite some time now, so I've got a little time to work this out. So I don't know. Something to think about once, again, once we get to, and, and even as early as, as the second pick could be traded, and the first pick could be traded. I mean, I would kind of doubt it, but again, if, if they're not super interested in Bosa, then they've got to maybe take Quinn in, but maybe they want offense. I don't know. But the second pick, if Bosa's gone, they don't want Quinn in. What are they going to do? Well, if you're not going to take the value of Quinn in, you should try to recoup the value. You don't want to give up value. Right, just picture the number two pick has a certain like the draft trade value chart. It's you know however many points it is. You want to redeem your points for is you know and and then assign a point value to a player. So if I've got two thousand points, I'd like to be able to buy a player worth twenty five hundred points because then I've increased my overall value. I've I've turned in my two thousand for twenty five hundred. If the best player available at two that you're willing to take is seventeen hundred, you're giving away value and you've got people willing to trade up and give you 2,500 points worth of value, take the 2,500. I mean, it's just a mathematical equation. Again, unless there's a slam-dunk player, but there isn't if you don't want Quinnen. So, again, as early as two, definitely interested at three. I don't think the Raiders are moving. If anything, they're going to move up, not back. But, um, yeah, this could get this could get kicked off pretty early, man. It's going to be a wild draft, I think. I don't think anyone's going to have, a you know, a for-sure thing. I think we're, we're going to keep hearing the rumors, and there's going to be a lot of we know what the, the Cardinals are going to do. They've said it. The rumors are solidified. But even then, we're not going to actually know because it could have all been a smokescreen, and it's going to be, oh, man, I wonder. A um, couple other little Jets tidbits. They are interested in Antonio Brown. Another thing, I I'm guessing it was a mistake, either that or Photoshop. I don't know. But somebody said, oh, I thought the Packers weren't interested in Antonio Brown. And it's like, they're not. What are you talking about? He showed a screenshot of his television, and it showed a list of teams that have inquired about Antonio Brown, and the Packers were one of them. I'm guessing that was a mistake, because I've never heard that. Ian Rappaport has never reported that. Nobody has ever reported that. It was just on a like ESPN thing, little ticker at the bottom. But um, found that interesting. But either way, the Jets have indicated that they've at least picked up the phone and asked. Something else that's interesting, the Jets apparently are very, very high on the cornerback from the Bears' Bryce Callahan. The only reason I care about that is I just want Callahan to go away. Vic Fangio has built something wonderful, and I just want to see it slowly, brick by brick, get taken apart. Bryce Callahan is a pretty nice, beautiful little brick. Jets have more than enough money um, if they want to, you know, pay more than the Bears are willing to pay for Bryce Callahan, which is probably true because, again, the Bears have like four starting cornerback. And I mean, four basically number ones right now. So I doubt they're going to pay a ton to keep them. Uh, the Lions, it sounds like they're they're looking to make some moves. Uh, we've talked about tight end. They really want to go out and get a tight end in free agency. If they don't expect them to pull the trigger, it's something to watch in the draft. Um, if they're able to lock up a Trey Flowers or a Cameron Wake or something as a pass rusher, then they've satisfied that massive need that puts them in a position. Now granted, eight is very early, but just imagine what this team could be if they had Trey Flowers coming off the edge. And, and granted, at 8, I, I think Devin White is a better option. I think maybe taking a, a Greedy Williams is a better option. But if they really are desperate on getting this offense clicking, and, um, you know, T.J. Hawkinson isn't a horrible value at 8 in their mind, I, I don't think I would do it. But I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, a lot of times what I'm looking at is sort of that oh-no factor. And an oh-no factor for me would be the Lions offense with Stafford, who is capable, on Johnson in his second year, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and now TJ Hawkinson with Trey Flowers and, by the way, one of the best defensive lines in the NFL with Snacks Harrison and, uh, what, Ashawn Robinson. I mean, they, they don't have good corners, they don't have good linebackers, but that's still scary, man. That's classic Lions where, overall, you're not a great team, but you have more than enough firepower on offense and defense to just wreck somebody's world one of those teams that has a losing record that you're scared to play. That's that's the Lions in a nutshell, and that's, I think, what they would be with those two kinds of moves. Uh, skipping down to the Raiders, uh, apparently Jared Cook is going to test the open market. I know a lot of Packer fans are interested. I was, I was one of the guys that really liked Jared Cook. I was the guy that after Jared Cook left and Packer fans were, you know, kind of not super upset saying, guys, <laughs> I know you really like Martellus Bennett, but it's going to be hard to recoup what Jared Cook gave us. Well, that's proven to be true ever since. But even I, at this point, i am saying enough is enough, man. Unless we're getting rid of, unless we're cleaning house and getting rid of the three over-the-hill veterans we have, no, please don't add Jared Cook. And by the way, if we're getting rid of, of uh, Jimmy Graham, which we're not, we're going to have to eat a ton of dead cap. So, so we're still paying for Jimmy Graham and we're paying for, just, no, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no. I wish we hadn't got rid of him, but we did, and that's just what we have to live with. I don't want him back now. Um, if Quinnon does fall to three, something else to keep in mind, I don't think he makes it past four. Now, that's kind of an obvious statement because he's just so talented, but um, you listen to what Mike Mayock had to say. He, he made the statement, and it's important for us as Packer fans to remember as well. Here's a quote that he said. He said, I've talked to every single top quarterback in the NFL over the last few years. Every single one of them has said that pressure up the middle is what gives them the hardest time. So, when I again, when I talk about the Packers moving up to three to get Quinnon if he falls... We're stealing him from the Raiders because the Raiders are going to take him. Mike Mayock has said that. I don't think that he's bluffing. And uh, as a Packer fan, again, getting after the quarterback is important. And when you have Mayock saying, I've talked to every, including Aaron Rodgers, including everybody... Every single quarterback that he's talked to, the top ones, they say internal pressure is the biggest issue to deal with. And it makes sense. Look at Aaron Rodgers. When some, the, the offensive line and offenses have gotten real good at keeping a clean pocket. Aaron Rodgers drops back. He steps up. He rolls out. Right? It's, it's like clockwork. Pressure up the middle is just, there's nothing you can do. If it's just that, yeah, sometimes you can just fly around, but usually you've got an edge guy that's at least rounding the corner a little bit that's kind of in your way. You don't really know what to do. And then, you know, again, looking at what the Packers have done, we've already had a good defensive line last year, and then we went out and got Muhammad Wilkerson. So the idea that we wouldn't look heavily at that position is just silly to me, which is something else to keep in mind, because I just to prepare you for possibly being disappointed if the Packers at 12 take a guy like Christian Wilkins, for example, wouldn't be my favorite pick, but I think that would be sort of the rationale we'd be looking at as far as why in the world did you just do that? or a Jerry Tillery at 30, which, by the way, I wouldn't mind that at all. Assuming we got a pass rusher at 12, I would take Jerry Tillery at 30 if he's available all day, every day. Um, Speaking of defensive tackle, I guess and Sue is going to test the market. I don't think the Packers are going to take a flyer on him. Uh, Not only is he somewhat of a basket case, a bit of a head case, which we don't want, there's also a pretty terrible history with the Green Bay Packers, and even though a lot of those guys like Lang are gone, Aaron Rodgers is still very much here. And when you have a guy that deliberately several times tried to hurt Aaron Rodgers, like... Not just like, oh, he tackled him real hard. I'm talking about deliberately tried to, like, stomp on his ankle type stuff. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry, no is the answer. But, again, it's for you to decide. I'm just giving you the information. You do with it with what you will. Um, Adrian Peterson may be resigning with the Washington Redskins as of yesterday. Uh, if that doesn't happen, again, somebody else you can consider. Somebody else that's a little bit interesting about the Washington Redskins, they may be letting go of Zach Brown. Now, very volatile type of player, but he was playing out of his mind last year. He played almost the entire year at a very high level, so it it wasn't even really volatile. Almost every single game he played, he was just on fire. So he had three games that were considered bad, three that were considered average, so six games. He had seven that were good to very good, and three that were graded as elite. 29 years old, former second-round pick. Again, depends on compensation. He did have a bad year in 2017. And by and, and really, to be honest, as far as bad is concerned, if you look at, just for example, his run defense grade, it's gotten better almost every year, especially over the last three years. His tackling has never really been that bad. His pass rush isn't even that bad. It's really just an issue of coverage, and last year his coverage was through the roof. Phenomenal in coverage. And that's on 369 snaps. It's not like he did it 40 times. NFL passer rating of 87.4 when targeted. So if he does hit the free agent market, which he is expected to at this point, that's somebody to keep an eye on. That was as of uh, February 28th. I should probably check to see if he's already been cut, but that was the last I'd heard on that. Uh, Frank Clark was uh, franchise tagged by the Seattle Seahawks. Again, not super interested because he's a 4-3 guy. We'll see if he signs a tag. I'm guessing he will. I haven't heard otherwise, but uh, we'll see. Uh, The Texans did sign... Jadavian Clowney, that was expected. A lot of Packer fans were still holding out hope. Obviously, he still has to sign on the dotted line. Again, I expect him to do so. I don't know that he will, uh, but either way, I I don't think it was ever really going to happen with the Packers and Jadavian Clowney. The Texans are going to try to retain him, and uh, I think they're going to. Uh, One person they're looking at trading is cornerback Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson is not good, so if you hear that, that the the, uh, Texans are looking to trade Kevin Johnson, and somebody starts throwing around, hey, maybe we should look at him, be sure to be the first person in the room that's smart enough to recognize he's a terrible corner and just say no. They're also looking to resign uh, Taran Matthew. No deal as of yet. In fact, they're not even supposedly close, but they are trying very hard to retain him. Again, I know a lot of you are very interested in him. Uh, somebody that the Titans are expected to release is Jonathan Cyprian. For some reason, I feel like I said like this before, so excuse me if I did. See, that's the problem. I, I do so much stuff, and I'm just so immersed in this, and I've seen this so many times. It's like I, I remember this, and I don't remember if I remember this because I told you this already or what, but I don't think I would have. Either way, short answer, not super interested. Um, he's a safety who has no ability to cover whatsoever, so no thank you. A little tidbit about the Minnesota Vikings. Gary Kubiak did come in. He's going to be running the offense. I don't remember exactly what his title is, but essentially he's the offensive coordinator. Gary Kubiak runs a very similar system to what the Packers are going to be running, which is an outside zone scheme. If you remember what I had mentioned, for those of you who do uh, mock drafts and whatnot, whatnot, outside zone, you're looking for athletic guard. The reason that matters, not only because if you're doing a mock draft at 18, keep an eye on maybe if you think there's a good value at an athletic guard, some names, for example, uh, Garrett Bradbury, Eric McCoy, who I think is a center, but either way, interior guys with a lot of athleticism. If they are a good value at that point, which is a little bit early, something to be considered. It's also relevant because they uh, may be taking guys that the Packers are interested in because we're looking for the same guys, which now means we're competing for the same players, which is somewhat problematic, especially in the same division, because why are you the way that you are? Other Vikings news, uh, as of, you know, a weekish ago, Packers are the Packers. The Vikings are uh, supposedly shopping Trey Waynes, the cornerback. This makes me very happy, not because I've ever said Trey Waynes was very good, because I've said Vikings fans are way too high on him, but either way, them having one less corner is beneficial. Similar to the Bears, I want to see this defense, which is very talented, slowly start to deteriorate and um, losing out on players, even as not super great as Trey Waynes, is still a good step in that direction. Would I be interested in him? The answer is no. I think he's a average corner. I think we're going to have to overpay. I think he's going to make probably too much money, right? Number 11 overall pick, runs a 4-3-1, 26 years old. I mean, solid tackler. I can give him that, but his abilities and coverage are very much lacking. And I tend to think what we're doing is paying a lot of money for a guy that's just going to be in the mix. And we're going to start him right away because we paid a lot of money for him, which already is a problem because then we got to, what, bench Kevin King. We got to, you know, just it's not a good situation, Either way, though, it'd be nice to let him leave Minnesota, just because it's one less person they can rely on to play corner and stop the Packers from winning football games. Anyways, that's about it. Um, As far as Packers specific news, I actually tried to embed it in there, so if you're waiting for that, I've been talking about the Packers the whole time. That's kind of what I did there. See what I did there? Now you see what I did there, because that's what I did there. But anywho, I got to get rocking. We're at about an hour, and, uh, you know, work beckons. What does that even mean? Oh, it's like when you wave somebody to come over. So that's accurate. My work is like come on man got uh you know work to do i'm like whatever man cool it i am got a podcast to do and it's cold and i don't want to go outside so just relax but anyways hopefully you got a couple little tidbits there for you you folks enjoy your tuesday i will talk to you tomorrow and have a great day bye-bye